You're listening to The Straight Dope, Episode 3, Rifle Fit. Topics seem to circulate on a regular and repeating basis on social media. The topic of rifle fit circulates with a common frequency. I even brought it up recently to see what people had to say about it, and there were a few themes that play it out. One theme, who cares? Another theme, measure your elbow to trigger finger, set it, rock and roll. And other people had more thoughtful approaches. Let's talk about the more thoughtful approach so that you might be able to figure out how to create an optimal fit for yourself without actually telling you to measure your elbow to trigger finger. So where do we start? Well, the idea of fit circulates around the principle of repeatability and consistency. If you look at other facets of shooting, for example, people that shoot shotguns, fit is embedded and infused with the art of shooting a rifle. For those of us that aren't as well versed in shotgun, think of it like jumping into a modern car or hopping on a bicycle. Essentially anything we do and expect a certain performance out of. These days, we shouldn't expect to fit ourselves to a mechanical system that's adjustable. We need to fit it to us. So, a mechanical system that was not necessarily designed for your particular physiology has to be adjusted with that in mind. We do have some control over optimizing that now that manufacturing has produced chassis and stock systems that are modular and flexible in design. So let's back up and think about what we do with a rifle. I think it isn't super complex, but in the process of optimizing the machine to us, we need to consider the parts that are consistent across a broad philosophy of use. We need to be able to hold it. We need to be able to anchor it to our torsos for stability and recoil management. We need to be able to run the bolt and other parts that require manual control with relative ease and mechanical efficiency. We need to also be able to see through the aiming device of choice. So if you ask me with no other information, how should I shoot a pistol? I would say the first thing you need to do is hold it out such that without moving your body all that much, the sights come between your eyes and the thing that you're trying to shoot without needing to cock your head, do some sort of Danny Glover maneuver, turn to the side or do anything fancy. You want to have your body in the most neutral and natural position as possible. Same thing with a rifle. If I'm pulling my carbine up into my line of sight, I want to be able to anchor it to my body and not have to crane my neck, bow my head, tilt it, or do anything unnecessary to be able to see through those sights. I think it's interesting that modern pistol shooters, shotgun shooters, carbine shooters are already doing this, but the bait is still out there when it comes to bolt gunning and how to fit your rifle to your body. Mechanically, our arms are kind of strange. Our arms are essentially floating around our torso and held there by muscle and tendon. Essentially, they're floating on soft tissue. Your appendicular skeleton is attached to your axial skeleton by a very 
small synovial joint that holds your clavicle or your collarbone to your sternum. The sternoclavicular joint, you feel it there. It's on both sides of your sternum, right below your Adam's apple, a little bump there. And that's the only joint that's holding your whole arm on. Hunters will know this because when you're butchering an animal, you don't have to cut through any joints or do anything fancy. You just slice it off. Right? For bird hunters, you step on the wings and pull on the legs. Things pop off. reason I mention this is that to control the arms, it requires some sort of mechanical optimization of the muscles. We need to create stability by locking down certain joints so that we're able to pull across others. And because we're using our arms to run bolts, pull back charging handles, swap magazines, and do other fine motor control processes, we need to consider that those are going to be best performed with a solid anchor. So let's think about running a bolt gun. Running a bolt gun prone makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because the ground can substitute instability for our joints and our body to rest. That allows muscles to pull from, take advantage of that anchor point of stability. In our arms, which are doing most of the movement, the anchor is the elbow on the ground. At least to me, this makes the most sense, since the floating shoulder is having to deal with the rib cage that's breathing with a heart pumping beneath the ribs. The head's trying to make sense of what's going on, and with our elbows on the ground, there's a distinct locus for movement to occur that can be tuned and manipulated so that we're able to do the same thing to the rifle. A neutral and functional position of the elbow is right around 90 degrees. I've read some sources that say 80, others 100, but you get the idea. So for a second, what I want you to do is just put your arms out in front of you at 90 degrees and try to keep those arms bent at 90 degrees. You know, kids do that with their elbows to their side, hands forward. And think about the position of your wrists. Probably your thumbs are pointing up. And that's between what we call supination and pronation. Right? You can go both ways. You can put your palms up. You can put your palms down. That elbow at 90 degrees is pretty optimal. Keeping the elbow at 90 degrees maintains the optimization of those arms. So you can move your shoulders around keeping the elbows at 90 degrees and you're maintaining the most function. Now if you're square to a target and you do that, your hands are going to come out in front of you at the same distance, right? To reach forward, you're going to have to open up that elbow and to come back towards you, you're going to have to close that elbow. Now, it's my opinion that we're trying to get that 90-degree angle or as close to it as we can. And when you're prone, you lay down behind your rifle. If you can get your bolt hand at 90 degrees to touch the bolt, your wrist and your hand is still halfway between that supination and pronation, right? Your thumb's kind of pointing towards your face. If you can anchor your rifle to your torso, wherever you put it, and your hand, essentially your palm, is able to manipulate not only the bolt but the trigger with your hand in that position, you've optimized that arm. Now, I mentioned the support hand because it's interesting. Some people put the buttstock of the rifle in their 
in their shoulder pocket out towards that shoulder, that floating shoulder joint. Remember, that doesn't have support other than if you relax your muscles, it drops down and sits on your rib cage. But the more tension you apply, the more that shoulder actually floats off of the rib cage and, re- and requires a specific uh, amount of tension that's very hard to repeat under stress. Modern shooters have started to bring that buttstock towards the midline, right? Actually, towards that sternoclavicular joint. I don't think they're doing it for that reason. I think they're doing it because mechanically, the center of mass is towards your spine. And also, on recoil, uh, you don't create that pivot point of the shoulder. It's easy to rotate the body under recoil. And um, if it's on your midline and the recoil pushes you back, you don't turn, right? Think about squaring off with somebody and pushing their shoulder. Their shoulder will go back. But if you push them in their sternum, their whole body's going to move back and they're going to feel heavier. So putting it to midline, to me, mechanically makes sense in that regard. The thing is, the distance from that hand to the shoulder is different depending on what we're talking about as shouldering the rifle. Put it out in your traditional shoulder pocket, that distance is going to be further than if you put it on your sternum, or not your sternum, but your clavicle. So there's a few ways to tackle this problem, and I'm going to talk about both for a second, just so that you can kind of relate and hold your arms out, you know, like robots. If you're going to keep your elbows at 90 degrees, which is going to cause the least amount of vibration from muscular tension, if you're laying prone, that bolt handle at 90 degrees, or your bolt hand at 90 degrees, elbow sitting there, that's cool. But if you're going to get off the ground, your elbow doesn't have an anchor point anymore, right? So you're going to have to relax your shoulders, but you're still going to want to keep your elbows at 90 degrees. If you put both your hands out in front of you, if you're holding a rifle, that's not going to do very much good, right? People understand this, and so there is a school of thought that, particularly with carbine shooting, that if I'm going to hold that, the reason we blade off to the side is that that support hand keeps a 90-degree elbow. Firing hand keeps a 90-degree elbow, but in order to have both arms in 90 degrees, the rifle has to go into your shoulder, right, the, the out shoulder pocket, and you have to kind of look, if for a right-hand shooter, you have to look left at about 45 degrees. And now both your arms are at 90-degree angles so that you don't have that muscular shaking tremor that's going on. You've optimized your physiology to match the rifle system. That's one approach. The other one is to hold it midline out in front of you. You got your support hand uh, you know, kind of as, as close to 90 degrees as possible. And then you got to tuck in that firing hand to your torso as close as possible. And you can also kind of, you got to pull that elbow joint for your firing hand in a little bit. And people have compensated for that by changing the angle of the grip, right? But both of those approaches are trying to optimize the ability of you to hold that up. But if you get a heavy rifle, no way you're going to be able to control that without shaking like crazy. And when that starts to happen, you're going to get these circles that move off for a right-hand shooter because your support hand uh, you know, isn't necessarily optimized to be held up like that. You're going to get these circles that move off to the right. But I don't want to go down uh, off on a tangent, so let's go back to the rifle. If you're laying prone 
and can't run the bolt with your elbows anchored to the ground, your length of pull isn't correct. And you need to figure out whether that means shortening it or lengthening it. I think that's what you want to look at. It has nothing to do with elbow to trigger distance because it relies on where you're putting the buttstock on your body. In fact, there's so many different places to put the buttstock that even if you did, you're going to be changing the length of pull simply from going to the shoulder pocket to the midline. So what I would suggest is think about your elbows at 90 degrees. Think about having your body in a neutral position where you don't have to do anything fancy. Right? If you're going to lay down on the ground, watch your iPhone, you're going to want to be in the same position. You don't want to adopt the position of the rifle. You want to fit the rifle to your body. And your body needs to be as neutral as possible to optimize the mechanical system that it is. I think starting with a rifle that has no optic attached is a good starting point. Get behind the rifle, find a spot where you can run the bolt, change magazine, manipulate a rear bag. You're able to reach up to a scope if it were there. So try this. Put your hands where they would be when you're shooting. Make sure you can get a 90 degree trigger pull. Run the bolt. Do the other mechanical actions you're going to need without lifting up your elbows. I find most shooters benefit from a slightly shorter than advertised length of pull. We're trying to optimize a system around our bodies. Optimized fit leads to improved performance and reliability. It might take a little longer than just measuring your elbow, but fine-tuning the fit will lead to better results down the road based on your ability to repeatedly do the same thing. We see a lot of arguments on the internet, but I don't know any shooter who would argue that improved performance and reliability isn't a good thing, and that requirement is accomplished by making sure we have repeatable performance. Above the prone, you often lose the elbow anchor, Maintaining 90 degrees isn't terribly complicated if you're thinking about it that way. When you have less muscle vibration, you're exerting the least amount of effort, and this is achieved with a 90-degree elbow. In fact, when I look at some of the top performers on video that's available publicly, they're creatively using sh shooting bags, pump pillows, and stuff to support their elbows in positions where their elbows would normally be floating. It's why rifle shooters work hard in their positional shooting to support the rifle with a 90-degree elbow. It gains consistency. Once you've done this, then you put on your scope. But remember, our necks have a lot of flexibility and mobility. Hell, I've got bolts in mine and I can still move it around like crazy. But making sure that you keep in mind that the scope needs to go where you're able to see through it without craning your neck or moving it, and that requires some play between prone and standing. And you'll notice that those are two extremes that you're going to have to play, play between. And I'm not going to talk about all the engineering specifics of optics, but there's a zone, and you can push it and pull it, where you can get a great sight picture between prone and standing. And if your body's in a neutral position, shouldn't have to move your neck all that much different 
between prone and standing. Now, granted, there's about a half inch of difference for me between prone and standing. You fit the scope to be in that place where your head will be in a neutral position so you don't have to crane, you don't have to turtle head or do whatever they, they call it. And I've messed around a lot with this. I've tried low scope rings, high scope rings, whatever. I think that for me, the easiest thing is higher scope rings rather than lower. The reason I used lower scope rings was because that's what I read somewhere. You want to have low optic to bore axis. Now I think that mentality is total garbage and a waste of time. I think it propagates misinformation, but you're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Now, I'm going to let off here because I think there are a couple great resources out there that you can watch on YouTube. The best one goes through the entire rifle fit process, and you can find that on Modern Day Sniper. Kalen and Phil kind of knocked it out of the park. You want to fit the rifle to you, and they discuss the details and show you hands-on how they fit it to themselves and I think you need to go through something like that and figure it out for yourself in terms of what your actual length of pull, height over bore, scope, setup is going to be. But understand that in the end, you're fitting that system to you and not the other way around. If you have to fit yourself to the rifle, those small muscles are going to fatigue your eyes are going to get drained. Your neck's going to hurt. You're going to have a headache after a day of shooting. You won't be able to maintain consistency over time, let alone consistency from one day to the next, because your body isn't going to be able to support that type of repeated performance. So I challenge you to measure, assess your goals, and measure your performance over time shooting things like the Riflecraft drill with different fits as you work towards optimizing the fit to your physiology. Now, most of the shooting inconsistency isn't that, but that's something that you can control that will have an effect, especially when it's not fitted to you. You fit everything else in the world to you. Why don't you do that with your rifle? If you like this, you like the style of conversation, you like the podcast, please share it with your friends, subscribe, like. If you didn't like it, thanks for listening.